Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Um, I want to start with um, a couple of verses from Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So when Murray asked me if I would give my testimony, I hesitated. And I started thinking, is this just about me and my life? Or is it something more? And that's when I looked at Psalm 139. And I saw that God had formed me, and he knew me before I was born. I had in the past always thought that, because I'm a twin, that we were the ones who'd known each other the longest. But of course, I realized then that God had known me so much longer. And so what I want to share is um, not about me as much, but it's about the God I love. And I'd like to share how he has led me, how he strengthened and upheld me through many difficult patches. And also, most importantly, how he has loved me and held on to me bringing me back to himself after years of wandering. I grew up, as you can probably tell, in Scotland, in a Christian home. And church was a big part of our lives. And I loved it. I always said when I was about 11 or 12 that I wanted to be a missionary. And I read lots of missionary books, and you know how you you get. So we we lived in a naval base. And we had a wonderful American minister, and he made following Jesus really just so exciting. So when I was 15, I went forward at a Billy Graham crusade. And I know now that that was a moment when I stood before God that he would lay claim to later in my life. I trained in Edinburgh as a nurse, and I found that there was little time for church. And the friends I was making um, didn't go although my two best friends did later become committed Christians. And as a teenager back then, it seemed really important to belong to the group. I continued to go when I went home on holiday because I wanted to please my mum and dad. And um, after my training, and I had a spell working in London, I married, and that was a whirlwind romance. We met on a blind date. Um, he asked me to marry him the night we met. We, we got engaged six months later and married six months after that. So um, less than two years later, my husband, Douglas, he was offered a promotion. And it was to all, of all places in the world, Australia. And for me, that was the other end of the world, somewhere I'd never really thought about at all. And we knew nobody here. I did start going to church when I came. But I soon had four children under five, and I just find it too hard, and I stopped going. 
And it was also, at the time, it seemed very important, I thought, to be part of the social scene that we were involved with because of his job. And church didn't really fit in. And so I drifted. And in no time, it seemed, you know how quickly children grow? Our four eldest children were teenagers. And as you know, that can bring new problems. And life had become a bit more difficult. But God. And they're two of my favorite words in the Bible. But God stepped in to reclaim that promise that I'd made so many years before. Douglas was sponsoring a race meeting in Canoundra. And so we went there for the weekend. After the races, we went back to the home of one of the race organizers. And after a time, someone started singing. They were singing songs at first, and then someone sang Amazing Grace. And that, after it, they followed with hymns. Now that um, was really amazing because a lot of alcohol had been consumed by this time. However, I believe that God was in that room. And a lady there asked me how I knew the hymns. And when I told her, she asked me if I'd like to go to her church in the morning with her. And I went. And I just felt as if I'd come home. It was a beautiful feeling. And so the next week, I started going to the little church at Cromer, where we lived. And it was very welcoming. And God was preparing me for some more difficulties. Shortly after this, a neighbor invited me to BSF, and that's Bible Study Fellowship. She'd asked me lots of times before, but I always said I was too busy, didn't fit in with my life. However, this time I was ready, and I said yes. So from the first day, I absolutely loved what I was hearing. I loved the study of God's word. It just seemed to be so relevant and it just seemed to speak into my life. And in, in my second year there, we studied John's Gospel. And on the day we studied the crucifixion, I was totally overwhelmed by the magnitude of the sacrifice that had been made so that I could be free. I think that God spoke to me that day as a nurse, because I've never heard it spoken of in such depth since. I believe he opened my ears and he opened my heart. I seemed to feel every part of Jesus' pain, his thirst, his heart failure, and his inability to breathe. And it still overwhelms me. And so I went home that day sobbing, and on my knees, I recommitted my life to the one who had suffered and died in my place. And for me, that is amazing love, amazing grace, and he took me back. So since then, when problems arise, I ask God to speak to me from his word. And I'm constantly amazed at how relevant the words are. But he does say in Isaiah 65, verse 24, before they call, I will answer. And while they're still speaking, I will hear. So when I was asked to, about leading a group in BSF, my first reaction was, please, please, God, say no. Because I knew that 
I was totally inadequate and I felt I'd be overwhelmed by it. But when I opened my Bible, just at random, it opened to Psalm 73, verses 23 to 26. And it says, Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I had just spent three weeks in hospital with a heart problem, so I couldn't say no to such a clear answer. And I believe if I had, I would have missed the best years of my life. And as Mitch said in this um, message on Friday in his email, God's word is alive and it is active. So when my mother got sick and went to hospital, I knew that it was serious because she was never sick. She'd never been to hospital. I'd been over in Scotland a couple of months before but I was desperate to be with her. However, everyone said to wait. And I prayed, pleading with God to let me get there. And so I again opened my Bible at random and it opened to Psalm 23, which we call our family Psalm. But it opened to the second half of the Psalm. Even so I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. God was preparing me, and my mum died the following morning. I don't know his reasons for not giving me time to get there, but he gave me the wonderful assurance that he himself was with her. And for me, that was amazing love and amazing grace. I went over for a funeral, and the day after, my dad got sick, and so I ended up staying with him for 14 weeks. He was in and out of hospital, so it was very, very hard to leave him and come back here. But God, again, showed me from his word what I had to do. As I opened my Bible at random, I opened to Nehemiah. And my first thought was, what could possibly be in Nehemiah for me? But when God speaks, his word seems to jump off the page. It just, it's highlighted. And it's always so relevant. And it said, remember the Lord who is great and fight for your family and your home. And then they returned each one to their own work. And I knew then that it was time to come home. So when I was leaving him, I felt really bad. He'd just come out of, he'd just come out of hospital the day before, and it was a beautiful day. The sky was bright blue, there didn't appear to be any clouds. But I got on the plane just feeling totally heartbroken. However, once we were airborne, I looked out of the window and I saw the shadow of the plane I was on and it was completely encircled in a rainbow. And I knew that God was saying to me, 
this is right. You are in the center of my will and you're encircled by my love. And for me, that again was amazing love, amazing grace. Throughout illness and sad times, God has continued to shine his light in the darkness and always speaks to me through the Bible. So when I had breast cancer, which was quite extensive, I prayed, Jesus, how can I do this? And apart from anything else, I didn't really like the thought of being bold. I guess that's pride, isn't it? I opened my Bible then, and I was given a wonderful promise from Isaiah 42, verse 16. And in it, it says that God will lead the blind. But I changed that word to cancer patients. And it says for me, I will lead cancer patients by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them, and I'll make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. And this was true for me during my year of treatment. And I've since used this verse to encourage other people going through hard times. Because you can change that word blind or cancer patients, and you can hear God say, I will lead the lonely, the brokenhearted, the grief-stricken, whatever our circumstances. God doesn't leave us ever to journey alone. A few years after my cancer journey, I had a brain hemorrhage. And on my first night in ICU, it was midnight. And things weren't going so well. There were a lot of doctors around my bed. Then all of a sudden, a verse came into my head. And that verse um, was from Job. And it said, so he slay me, yet will I trust him. And I knew that night that regardless of the outcome, he is trustworthy. And I believe that sometimes God shakes the foundations of our lives to show us that he alone is our only rock and he's the only rock solid foundation and he can be trusted. And we did hear Rachel last week, she also talked about building her house on a rock. I have to say that the hardest thing I've gone through in my life was the illness and the death of our darling daughter, Rebecca, five years ago. There are no words to describe the pain. And yet, even in that, I know that God was journeying with us. Her faith was so strong. And the day before she died, she shared with us how Jesus had come to her in a vision, telling her to keep her eyes fixed on the horizon, and the horizon was him. I don't know again why God said no to my pleading for her life. I would have given my own life in exchange for hers, willingly. But I know that in Brian's message at her funeral, one of my granddaughters shared later how much his words had meaning for her. She'd always been afraid of death, and, and what Brian said really impacted her. And nine months later, that granddaughter was diagnosed with um, 
breast cancer. She just turned 30. She had three-year-old twins and an 18-month-old. So Brian's message um, gave her strength throughout 14 months of treatment. So God uses every situation. And we know, too, that with Rebecca, that she's safe. And she's seated with Jesus at the table that that Jesus at the head that Murray described so beautifully at Douglas's funeral in August. I hadn't always been fully sure of where Douglas stood in regard to Jesus. I knew he believed in God, but God, again, brought reassurance. And a few years ago, when he was in Hornsby Hospital, we went to visit him. And the first thing he said was that Jesus had come to him during the night. And he talked about nothing else for weeks. And the staff even said to us, was he always so religious? And we said, no, no, he's a Scot, and you didn't discuss religion or politics. So um, at the time, we put it down to delirium. But about a year later, when he was much better and at home, I asked him if he remembered that night to which he replied, of course I do. So I asked him then, what did Jesus say to you that night? And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is the way, walk in it. And since he became ill, I would often hear him singing. And when I asked him what he was singing, he would always say, I'm singing Jesus loves me. Now that is amazing love, amazing grace. And as he was dying, I was with him. And I was able to whisper in his ear, you will soon see Jesus again, and Rebecca. And in the midst of grief, we have that beautiful assurance that those we love are safe. And this is true also for our precious baby, Tommy. We know that he too is at that table with Jesus at the head. He's safe in the arms of his granny. He's looked over by his great-granddad and his great-great-grandparents. And he is encircled by a love so much greater than we can possibly imagine. And I always say that in the difficult times, God always shines a light. I've said that already, but it's so true. And last year was a very difficult year for our family. But God brought us so much joy in the person of a little boy. I think a lot of you know the little boy I'm talking of. He lights up our homes every time he comes in. And he's been given an extra amount of empathy and compassion that's unusual in a two-year-old and he just brings joy into our lives. So I could fill a book with stories of God's goodness and guidance in my life, but you'd probably all be falling asleep. So I'd like to finish with the words of Psalm 139, verses seven to 12. Sorry, just got to, my marker just, my marker just fell on the floor. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, as I did, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And I just had a little extra one because on Friday night I was really stressed about being here. And I prayed and I asked God for just a little encouragement. And I opened my Bible and it opened to Habakkuk. And it said, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. And that again is amazing love. So, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.